going to be your speaker today. Often I'm your speaker. That's one of those, duh. <laughs> um, but I have a little uh, something that I'm going to, I'll put this on the city this week for you. Um, in June, we had a regional vineyard pastors conference, and the uh, guest speaker was uh, Abe Huber. And he did a series of teachings that were very powerful. But these two, if you go onto YouTube, you put into search Rocky Mountain uh, Regional Vineyard Conference, and then you'll see him listed there with Phil Strout. Um, what I suggest that if you have access to YouTube is you listen to those two, um, those two uh, uh, talks the 13th and the 14th. And it'll be listed just like that. 13th and the 14th to tick on it. Listen to those talks. Um, very powerful. Very uh, ch- very challenging. I'm going to tell you, if you don't want to be challenged, don't listen to it. If you just want to stay the way you are, don't listen to it. Just saying. Anyways, uh, I'll have that on the city. But I know there's people in this room that aren't on the city, so that's why I'm putting it up here. Uh, so I'll, I'll put... That, that same thing will go out on the city. So we're in a, the midst of a series called Journey with Jesus. And um, we, in the beginning, you know, we're gone through Jesus' life from an, as an adult with John the Baptist to his death and resurrection. And Jesus came to give a new covenant, new commands, and a new movement. And through that series, we understand that as Jesus spoke and, and, and through the Gospel of John, we're using all Gospels as, as we go through this journey, uh, we, we know that God said that He'd come, that God loved us, God gave, and we believe and we receive through this journey. And that I understand today that there's those of us here that really are challenged with this issue, and we sang a song about God's love. I understand that love is a big challenge for us today. I understand that, that when we talk about God's love, that it like, goes like this sometimes. I get it. I get it, and as, as well, 40 years of being a follower of Christ, I am still discovering things about God's love. I'm still leaning into it. I'm still understanding that, that there's more for me to grow in, in when it comes to God's love. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. We understand that Jesus came, that life around us is from the top down. But he said that he works from the bottom up. And last week we talked about being a people of the towel and the basin. And many of us stood up, and I just want to commend you, because what's going to happen is by the the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life, that God is going um, uh, uh, going to grow that within us from the inside out. And when I talk about the, being a man or a woman of the towel or a young adult or a teenager or even somebody in grandma that wants to be a person of the towel, you are, that's a huge request because you learn what it means to work from the bottom up. You learn what it means to defer because that's what Jesus did. 
Jesus deferred. Jesus gave away. He didn't collect. He didn't collect. People followed him because he was saying something different in a very religious, cruel world at the time. So we know that Jesus came to, didn't, he came to serve and not to be served. He came to serve and not to be served. That's a great, our great example. Somebody was asked me, Daryl, who, who do you want to be like? And I said, I endeavor for the rest of my life to be like Jesus. I am a Jesus guy. I am a Jesus guy. I've always been a Jesus. Jesus, Jesus captured my heart at 19, and he's still capturing me. Now, <clears throat> do I stumble and mess up, and am I perfect? Absolutely not. So, today, I really want to talk about the idea of that new covenant. Just really focus in on the new covenant. We've talked about, we said new covenant, new commands, you know, new movement. You know, we've been saying it over and over again. But what does it mean? Now, Paul said this about... In his journey, as he reflected, he said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-8. For I delivered to you first of all that which I had received, that I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture, and that he was seen by Caiaphas, or Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to, this, to the present, speaking of that time. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, and then all of the apostles. Then, the least of all, he, then last of all, excuse me, then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. So here Paul reflects back and says, this is, this is what took place with Jesus. This is kind of putting that journey in a nutshell. The word covenant is an agreement. It's an agreement between two parties. And we have all kinds of agreements in our world today. We have agreements to start something, and we have agreements to get out of things. We have agreements that, you know, our society is full of all kinds of agreements. And, uh, you know, one, a couple of words you might want to, that's quite <clears throat> interesting, is unlimited, endless, and unconditional, complete. Have you ever had somebody make, it, make an appointment with you and say, I will give you a three-day, all-paid you know, trip, right? And all you have to do is come in and <laughs> sit down in front of me for a very long time while I convince you to buy something, right? Or on the programs, the infra commercials, where they're saying, if you want to do this, 
buy this, and within a certain amount of time, you will get this, right? Now, how many of you have kind of done that and, and, and said, that, that was a scam? You know, I've done it. You know, it's happened to me. You know, I'm going, oh, gosh. You know, you, know, you know what we do? We have a pill for everything. Come on, you know that's true. That is like, you just, that is so true. We got a pill for everything. But those kinds of words are suspect. They're suspect, right? Unlimited, endless, unconditional. When somebody guarantees something, we become suspicious. You know, like unconditional love. Unconditional love. I love you unconditionally. I grew up in a household where there was conditions on everything. I mean, and it wasn't it wasn't a bad household, you know. I I grew up in a you know lower middle class home with both parents working, and and uh, you know my dad would say, Daryl, if you do such and such and such and such, I'll give you this. How many of now I've pro- I've said that to Jacob. Jacob, if you do this, you know, you put a little carrot in front of him, yeah. <laughs> right? So, you know, have you ever had that dialogue with God where God, you, you talk about unconditional love, and I just want to say, have you seen my life? Do I deserve unconditional love? Have, have, have you seen the things I've done? I don't deserve unconditional love. But yet, he says, I give my covenant, a little peek in the preview here, my covenant is unconditional. Right? How about unlimited? Listen to this. Unlimited. I use another word too. Endless. I like that word better. Endless. Like it never stops. Endless. Forgiveness. Endless. Forgiveness. The Lord knows I need that. You know, right? I need to be forgiven endlessly. Right? You know, you you look at it. Somebody said, one of the the, uh, followers of Christ came to him and said, so how many times should I forgive? And he said, well, 70 times 70, which I think is what, 460 times? Just off the top of my head, I'm going to map. Somebody will correct me in just a second. 490, thank you, I knew it. Um, so that's what I did. When I read that scripture, I went to the calculator. I went, okay, I'm going to keep a list. That's a metaphor. But the first thing I do is go, okay, after 490 times, out of here. I'm going to give you the, my fellowship of love. But you know what I mean? I mean, the idea here, Jesus is saying, forgiveness is endless in my covenant. Love is unconditional in my covenant. This is what 
I'd come to establish. Now, in the Old Testament, there's four major covenants. And Jesus coming in, and when he says, I am coming to give you a new covenant, what he is saying here is I'm fulfilling everything that ever was, and I'm starting something new, and it is endless, and it is complete, and it cannot be changed. And it is for everybody. It is for everybody. So, but let's continue our journey. In our journey, Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. And during that time, there's some conversation going on amongst the leading priests and other leaders. And it says in John 11, it says, Meanwhile, the leading priests and the Pharisees had public, publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so that they could arrest him. So if you guys see this guy, we want him. Because they're heading, they wanted to get him before the Passover. As I was just said. But not during the Passover celebration. They guarantee, they, 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 they agreed, don't do that. They agreed or the people may riot. So they understood that Jesus had a following. He was the most popular name in Jerusalem and Galilee and that whole region. Everybody was talking about him. Everybody. So Jesus is moving into Jerusalem. And this is what happens. The next day, the news of Jesus was on the news of Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, swept, swept through the city. A large crowd of the Passover visit. So thousands of people have come in to Jerusalem. Thousands from all over the, the known world at that time. A large crowd of the Passover visitors looked, took palms, branches, and went down the road to meet him. And they shouted, Hosanna! Which means save now! So you have all these people. And as, you, as Jesus coming in on a cold of a, of a donkey, and they're they're shouting, save now, save now, save us now. And they went on to say, praise God, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. All the people are shouting this. They're throwing their, their, their overgarments down. They're throwing, down. they're throwing out branches. They took branches and palms and trees and they went out. To meet him. And they cried, Hosanna, save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Blessed is he who comes in. Now, whether they were saying a physical king or just shouting Messiah, we don't know. But we do know that they were excited about him coming in. His fame, his notoriety had, had, had spread. Everywhere. And you can just imagine the Pharisees just, just not being very happy. Right? In fact, Jesus was coming to do something for everybody. It wasn't just for a particular group of people. 
He was coming to do something for the whole world. He was coming to do something for multiple generations in endless in time. He was coming to do something for you and I. He was coming to fulfill the Old Testament or the Old Covenant and to start a brand new covenant. That we all really, our part was to believe and receive. And everybody that was in his hearing. During that time, Jesus had his Passover dinner. Now remember, Passover, Seder dinner, was a celebration of the children of Israel being delivered from Egypt. And they would do this annually, this Passover dinner. But Jesus would, would take that moment, that particular time, and establish and talk about this new covenant. In Matthew 26, it says this, And as they were eating, Jesus took some of the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, Take, take this and eat. Take this and eat. For this is my body. Now remember earlier, as they were on their road to, to Jerusalem, he said, This is what's going to happen to me. This is what happened. They're going to take me and they're going on, and I'm going to die. They're going to crucify me. At the time, they weren't really sure what that meant. But now Jesus is saying, take this and eat it, for it is my body. He goes on to say, and he took the cup of wine, and he gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them, and he said, each of you, drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. He's establishing this new covenant. Luke says it this way. This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. It's an unconditional, uh, unconditional covenant. You might say, well, Daryl, this is what, I, I, you don't know how many people I've talked to in my own journey and said, it's just, that's just too easy. I can't believe that somebody would just die for me so that I can have a relationship with God. In other words, they want to pay for it. We want to earn it. We want to own it. Now, the way we own it is, means that we do something to have a right to have it. Right? I was confused by that. I said, this is this simple. Yeah, Daryl. And my friend Tommy. Yeah, Daryl. All you need to do is believe and receive. Okay, how do I believe and receive? Ask God. And then what he would say to me he said, Daryl, all you have to do is ask the Lord, ask Jesus to forgive you. Forgive you of, 
of your sins. He used the word sins. And I would say, what is sin? Because I didn't grow up in church. So I said, sin are bad things you do. Now, I understood that. I understood bad things that I did. I was very aware of those things in my life. And I said, okay, I got that. And then I did. I took his advice, went home by myself, and I said, and I've told many of you this before, but this is how simple that was. If you are who he says you are, I'm here to know that. And I knew it. It happened that quick. And I was on my knees because, I don't know, I didn't think God would listen to you if you weren't on your knees. I'm serious. I, just, I was on my knees. I got up a different person. That's how simple that was. And I said, wow. Now, I understand, like uh, Robin's testimony, sometimes that's a journey. Mine was a journey too. I didn't, I didn't get to that point overnight. But still, there's that journey where the Holy Spirit is, is leading. God. God loves people. This covenant is for everybody. Love, God loves everybody. God loves people. Let me tell you something else. God loves the people you don't. Did you have to say that? <laughs> yes, because God says it to me all the time. He says, Daryl, I love people that you have a hard time with. I go, I know, Lord. And I want you to help me love them like you do. That's a good prayer, by the way. Um, trust me. And so what was taking place here is at that very moment, I, uh, Jeremiah 31, 31 began to, to come to fruition. Right then and there, Jesus said, well, what happened in Jeremiah 31, 31? It says, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. It goes on, this covenant will not be like the one I had made with their ancestors, their forefathers, the one people before them. When I took them by the hand and I brought them out of the land of Egypt. They were having this Passover. And I took them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife. I love them. This is God talking to his people. I love them, says the Lord. And then he goes this. He says, but this is the new covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after these days, says the Lord. I will put my instruction deep within them and I will write them in their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. So there will be no more replacement covenants after that. This is it. If if you are in a place where you've been abused and you're having a hard time understanding what true love is, Jesus is here for you. If you've been in a place where you've abused others, and taking advantage of others, Jesus is here for you. If you've been in your journey and you've looked for love in all the wrong places, Jesus is here for you, which many of us have done. Look for satisf- being satisfied. Look for to be complete. Look for something that is real and tangible. Look for something that is everlasting. Look for something that is stable. 
Look for something that was worth living for. Jesus is the answer. Look, trust me, I've looked high and low. I have looked high and low. Jesus remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's here for you. He's here for me. And then the part where he says, I will put this deep within their heart. You know what that says? That says relationship. And I love the fact that he uses, um, that the Lord uses a, kind of the marriage institute as an example because coming into this covenant is just like a marriage. Jesus' side is perfect. My side of that relationship is definitely wanting. But he is stable. But can I just put it, let me put it just like this. See this ring on my finger right here? In January, that's, that symbolizes 40 years of marriage. 40 years. Yeah. January. For the love of my life, most of the time. But I will, I'm, the reason I say this is this is much what the covenant of God is like. Jesus comes, I'm going to be with you forever until you're bar- parted by death and then you get to come into the fullness of me. But I'm going to be with you forever. I'm going to love you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to be forever yours. Forever yours. Forever yours. No one else. You and him. Forever yours. Until that glorious day that you go to be with him before he returns or that we go be with him as he returns. That is a covenant of marriage. And that is what Jesus is saying. It's the best example I can come up with. But it's live and it's real. So when much of the time, when I uh, do marriage ceremony, most people want the traditional, traditional words. To have and to hold until we're parted by death. Because they're going into that relationship with that heart attitude. And I try, Lisa and I work really hard saying, hey, there's no back door. When I marry you, you stay married. Or else. Anyways, I'm just a little teasing it, but that, that is the heart of God. And that's, when, that's a fulfillment of Jeremiah 33, that new covenant. So he goes on in Matthew and he says, For this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remissions of sin, for the forgiveness of sin. It's shed for everyone. It's global. It leaves an ethnic group of people and it moves out from Jews to Gentile and everybody else you can think of. Which includes you and I, right? And you want to just say, no, okay, let's think this through. You're establishing a new promise by God. And you are representing God's interest in this covenant. You're saying that we will be remembered. 
You're saying that your blood will forgive our sins. Isn't that the place of the temple? Because that would be a question. In Jesus, we have to think back what John said. The Lamb, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. This agreement was the big one, the final one, the everlasting one. That one <clears throat> that would be fulfilled God's problems to Abraham, to Moses, to David. Final covenant. This was unconditional. An unconditional, unconditional covenant. It was better. It wasn't national. It was personal. It wasn't external. It's internal. It wasn't physical. It's spiritual. It wasn't an insider's. It's an outsider's. It wasn't temporary. It's eternal. It wasn't I will if you will. It's not like that. It's not, if you do this, I'll do that. It's not that. He does what he's going to do in spite. Oh, this is such a gift to all of us. In spite of us. Can somebody just sit there and go, I think you got into something, Daryl. Maybe you might say, I'll take a little of that. Oh, okay. I'm with you. How's that? I believe and I want to receive. See, Jesus says, I'm, I will, and I have, even if you don't. I will, and I have, even if you don't. Hmm. It's that going, it's, and you really, you, it, you don't just, you can't just roll around in your head. Eventually, it's got to go into that personal relationship. It's what makes it real. So, you know, in thinking of just John, John would say, let's have the worship team come forward quickly. If we think back, this is what John said in, the, in, the, in his gospel. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His only Son that whoever believed in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That's what John would say. A new living way given to us by the gift of God. In Christ Jesus. A new bond. It's inseparable. You see, the Bible says this. The Bible says this. I will never, speaking of Jesus, I will never leave you nor, forsa nor forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. There's times 
Maybe you're on that, that journey that Robin talked a little bit about and you're just challenging and you're sitting there going, this is the time when God is going to let me down. This is it. This is the time. This is a good scripture to memorize. God will never leave you or forsake you. That doesn't mean you always get what you're looking, that you think you need, or even you think you deserve. But I see it this way. If you don't get what you think you need, or you think you deserve, you're going to get something better. Because you are receiving from the creator of the universe that sees down the road that you don't see. And he's got a better plan for you than you do all the time. Right? Now, yeah, somebody has to say, Daryl, that's probably the best thing you said. Or at least one of them. Right? So right now we're going to go ahead and take our offering this morning. This is our best way of doing, taking care of some in-house business. I want to say that, you know, giving is really part of learning what it means to love unconditionally. And I just pray that God blesses your, um, your journey. That what it means to, to be a person of the towel and the basin and learning to love as Jesus loves. And part of that is just taking uh, the things that God has given us to be stewards over and giving a portion of it back to him. It actually boils down to this, one penny per dime. Not bad, huh? And I want to tell you, I want to also thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your, um, um, your passion for the things of God. I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for being willing to grow and change. I bless you with that. I bless you with... Um, my prayer is that God gives each and every one of us a gift. A gift from him. So let's worship a, little, a couple of songs here and then uh, we'll finish up, all right?